Hi everyone. So Revenue Hacks here. Uh, my name is Anna and we're talking about mental health and hospitality and travel today. Um, we're probably going to start with introduction. So um, happy to see everyone. So shall we uh, start with, I will start with myself. So my name is Anna Serba. I am operations manager at Solcom Harbour Hotel in Solcom. Um, so looking forward to today's uh, discussion. Uh, very exciting. So, Mr. T. Mr. T is me, yeah. So yeah, nice to see you. Uh, my name is Thibaut. I'm the founder and managing director of Qatar Consulting. Uh, we do outsource review management for hotels across Europe. I'm actually, I mean, I'm saying this every week, but I'm still very excited of this topic this week. Um, that was for a long time I was talking about this, uh, this subject, which keeps going back weeks after weeks and it's very important. So um, actually, I'm actually very looking forward myself as, a, as, a, as, a, yeah, as an individual to look into mental health. So yeah, happy to, 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 to see you guys on, on the screen. Perfect. And now I'll probably go Eric. Hello. Okay. Former, former dancer, stage performer, turned hospitalist, working with Shangri-La and Louis Vuitton around the world. And now I am here focusing on human connection, giving speeches, coaching to encourage you to use that amazingness of yours in a mindful way. So we're not just go after it like a, you know, rabbit in a wheel. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, Rowena? Hi, everybody. Good afternoon. Good morning from Zaragoza in the north of Spain. This is not a Spanish accent. This is an Irish accent. I'm originally from the west of Ireland. Wonderful to be here today. I'm a lecturer and a specialist in remote work and remote work skills. And one of my passion areas is mental health awareness and education, which ties in very much with remote work, believe it or not, because when we work individually or virtually distributed, we really need to take care of all of our well-being, including our mental health. So delighted to be here today. Perfect. And Dee. Hello, everyone. I am Dee Boros, a life coach, mental health coach, and I'm also a professor in events and hospitality management. I'm also um, consulting globally as it relates to mental health in the sector, because I think it's so very much needed. Bit of a back history. I've worked in the industry right up to assistant general manager myself. So I'm very, very much passionate about the industry. So welcome. Thank you. Perfect. So, uh, as mentioned, we're talking about mental health in hospitality and travel. So, uh, guys, what do we think it's so important uh, to talk about that today? And why is stress so common in hospitality? So, who wants to jump on on that one? Dee? I could, actually. Um <laughs> <laughs> my mic was unmuted i think it's quite important that um both employees and employers on this level playing field as it relates to mental health and mental well-being for an organization i mean the industry is very much fast-paced so for an organization to get the best out of their talent they will they will have to invest in their talent, aren't don't they? So it means that the employers take care of their employee as it relates to well-being, mm -hmm. as it um, relates to um, their productivity, and likewise for the employees, they need to take care of themselves. It, 
does it look like self-care? Does it look like getting enough sleep? Does it look like um, having somebody in their network that they can speak to confidentiality um, in terms of confidentiality about what they're going through as an individual? And also for employee, for employer, sorry, um, they always have it. Um, we're investors in people, but remember to leave your problem at the door. No, they actually need to support them as it relates to their personal problem as well. And of course, it's a fast-paced industry and it's a service industry we're servicing our guests and likewise we have to service our internal guests which is our employees so i think it's very very much important i think i think i know this answer i'm going to ask this question but i think i know the answer um did you notice an increase of uh, request or demand for for mental health support in the last few years few months coming from the industry and what are the common pattern that you see uh, from those guys it's an open question, so you can jump on this question. I'll jump in here, maybe not specifically on hospitality, but I think it's interesting to compare to the established remote work world, where I come from. And when March 2020 happened, actually what happened for myself and many other of my peers is massive mental health stress because mental health is really stressed when you're forced working from home. So four members of the hospitality and travel industry who would have been forced home, furloughed, problems with actual delivery of their services, there have, was a massive pressure and stress along with the context of the overall pandemic stress that we're living through. So I think there, it's really important to start with that open conversation and empathy. Uh, no one, uh, from any of us, I'm sure, will have gotten away unscathed in the last 18 months. It has been a pandemic that has affected everyone individually, perhaps for service workers even more so because they couldn't actually do their jobs, many of them. So the first thing I would like to say is that my heart goes out. In Ireland, we say, you know, very clearly, my heart goes out virtually to everyone. I actually have a mandala on the back here that I draw, drew with my daughter to illustrate that because in the, in the context of what we've come through, and what Mental Health First Age says, break the stigma. And I think that's one of the things that's really important. I got very near burnout a few times. I got very near anxiety a few times. And that's the kind of conversations we need to be having, these open conversations, mm -hmm. given the recent pandemic. Anything to add, uh, Eric? Yeah. I'm just nodding to agree. It's <laughs> just nodding to agree. And as you said, Thibaut, is there an increase? Yes, there's an increase. And it's mm -hmm. increased all over industries, sectors, uh, genders, borders, you just name it. It's, it's an increase everywhere. Yes, I agree. I think it's an increase, um, obviously, because of the pandemic and because so many people went through uh, personal challenges as well as people started to talk about this. Therefore, we are talking about mental health now more open than ever previously. So in my like experience um, in, in hospitality from, I don't know, 15 years ago or 16 years ago, you just start on a job and you get on and you're very focused on your result. So no one was really uh, focusing on your mental health. You had to do what you had to do and uh, deal with your um, worries uh, when you finish your shift. So now it's moving and it's very positive. Uh, so that's amazing that we talk about this now. And yes, there, there is an increase, but we will know how to deal with that. 
hopefully very soon. Um, so uh, in terms of um, approach, so what do we do uh, to be more proactive? with uh, dealing with uh, stress situations, with mental health situations. Uh, when we employ somebody, so what do we have to do um, in terms of induction process? Is there something that we have to, everyone have to think about? So what your thoughts uh, on that? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll chime in for this one. Okay, so just what, as you recruit, have somebody recruited, right, in hospitality, and you have, we have three months probationary, I think it's also important for you to say, a part of our training, a part of in, our investors in people, we're going to have a mental health charter, for example, just like how mm -hmm. we have first aiders, we then need to have advocates within the industry or the hotel the restaurant as the case might be to say these are the persons that you go to and also when we have um you know sessions we could say okay every friday and you have employees looking for that so they know mm -hmm. it's mandatory and um their employers are actually really really keen about their well-being so every friday or every two fridays just like how we have the fire drill then we know for 15 20 minutes we have that whether it's departmental or it's across the board for the entire organization but we know that this is the platform where that we can come and just be ourselves without judgment mm -hmm. so it's also bridging that gap between awareness and doing some work about it because i think it's so very important especially for our industry and um did you uh, i would yeah. add to that that i actually it's chicken and egg okay so it's like <laughs> i'm not i would add to that that if your leadership hasn't got that openness as well and ideally if one of the leaders or maybe more than one, if they're being very honest, <laughs> can talk about any mental health challenges to build that awareness. You're actually then from the top down, bottom up, beginning the open conversation. So totally agree with what Dee is saying, all of that. But where are you in terms of representing in your leadership that acknowledgement of mental health challenges just the same way someone would say i broke my arm once i had to go to the physio i had a cast so we should be hearing people talking about anxiety or these different mental health issues as well because again if we're all being honest it's very very mm -hmm. common it's true that people have um, have some stigma on talking about yeah i'm a bit anxious i'm a bit uh, i don't i'm not feeling well uh, mentally because as soon as you say this and you're crazy <laughs> no it's not it should be accepted that it's actually normal to 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 feel those kind of pressure and to uh, be aware of uh, of, mm. uh, of those kind of things that's very uh, good yeah. point Thibault. but isn't it interesting that as service professionals mm. if i go into a hotel and meet the wonderful professionals in the industry if i said i'm feeling a bit confused or you would actually probably know how to help and support me so I find that slightly ironic or paradoxical that in within themselves that there can't be that honesty among staff and amongst leaders to staff. So I wonder if you reframe it like that as professionals, uh, could you help? You can help your clients, your customers. They're so important. But what about that internal customer? What about each other on the team? So that would be my observation on that. No, I see it makes sense. Plus, having I mean, for for me, I have a one percent open door policy. Um, so people can reach out to me at any point, any time about anything. Uh, so I think like having this kind of uh, open door and 
letting people know that you are here for them if they want to talk about anything, even if it's just a, a quick catch up. Uh, and then I do some regular check-in, uh, just checking like, who are you? Or how do you feel about this guy leaving? Or do you about this one? Uh, how do you feel about the, the workload? Um, having some regular check-in, I believe, could help. Uh, at, the, at first, people feel it's a bit weird, but at, at the end, I feel that it's actually quite uh, helpful uh, because I said, like, okay, who are you? Oh, that's weird that this guy is asking me who, who I am because uh, mm -hmm. people don't ask me who I am. It's just like uh, you go in with the thing, did you finish the report and so on, but they don't ask me who I am. So just asking, like, just a good morning, a good evening, who are you? Uh, how do you feel? I think that's actually quite important, those kind of um, small gesture, but it can make a big difference on the, on the, on, on the life of your employee and employers. Can I just add um, one of the companies that I consult with? So you know how you have the feedback form, guest feedback form. So we had an action plan I created for them to have a mental health feedback form. So it could be like today, uh, I'm not feeling my best. So they actually fill something in, leave it in that box and HR would check that ever so often. And they can have an inc incognito name or they've actually put their name down to say, can I come in and talk to you for five minutes? What we found out a month later that you had more employees actually filling that form out because initially it's it's a it's a segue into I need help, putting my hands up for help. So I think you know we have to be committed as employers to support our employees or internal clients as the case might be. No, absolutely. I agree with you, Dee. And uh, from, again, from experience, especially the frontline staff, how many times a day we deal with people, how many times a day we see some somebody who didn't have a good year last year, who didn't have a last two years amazing. So they arrive and they, they want a great service. And sometimes they can be not very nice people. They can verbally abuse you sometimes. And then you have to deal, you have to smile. So how that employee feels is extremely important and they need to talk about that because yes we have to make sure that we provide the best service possible to the guest at the same time the only happy person can provide or um, can provide a good service so if your employee is not happy or they've been in a bad situation five minutes ago they need support to go out again and serve the next guest because it's not their fault but it's somebody else who made their day not that great or you know one word can change the world for somebody so that's extremely important that we talk about that anything to add eric on on, on this topic any um yeah I took your there's a lot there's a lot that can be added of course but i just want to be, be specific to the t topic in the question as well one thing that i'm thinking about when i'm over here this and i also read in the chat mental health something i would like to see and encouraging people to do is start define what is mental health for you because i'm seeing mental health woof and everybody's mm -hmm. talking about it, they put it in the agendas like we're gonna have a mental health day and then we're having a talk maybe similar as we do right now but mental health, what comes back to you in regards to that? Is it stress? Is it how you're feeling? What are you doing with your free time? Um, do I have time for myself? Do I even know where I want to go with my life right now? Or am I just in a hamster wheel? All these little things comes in that same scope. So when we're talking about it, yes, but what does that really mean to you? Make it a little bit more closer to heart, if I could say so, rather than talking about it from the topic perspective that would be my add-in to this 
that makes total sense and it gives me a perfect segue into if you look at the industry standards for training for mental health first aid there's a few other ones similar they go through that eric they do a part of the training where individuals look at what their interpretation of mental health maybe their own personal profile i mean it's facilitated professionally and then they go on to be trained i believe diaz like myself in being mental health first aiders which is a lot about signposting and recognizing someone in distress you're not a counselor you're not a professional therapist but it's that you know what to do and you understand some of the signs of more serious mental illness and also they really talk about the difference between mental health and mental illness which even mm. i who've been interested for years in the topic when i did the training 2 years ago it really was so insightful so there is really good awareness out there but what i think like we can talk about all the training in the world but if you don't feel safe to have that conversation with someone in the culture in your team then it's just training and the certificate goes on a wall and it's not used so you know it's one thing to do the training but it's another thing from Anna's example for that poor front of house person that's maybe been slammed for them to go back office and actually say I'm really overwhelmed today I actually need 5 minutes on my own and for someone on the team to say I I totally get you I support you on that off you go and go for a walk or whatever mm. without judgment without etc so you know there's it's kind of I think um I think the action is starting to happen but we need to be very aware that we're we're actually trying to catch up in the global world of mental mm-hmm. health action whatever about awareness there's still a lot to be learned so that would be also my piece on that but also i'm going to piggyback on what rorina said um it has to do as well a lot with the culture of the organization mm-hmm. so if you if the culture is then we foster well-being we foster whatever is going on with our employees because we take whatever they're going through you know a bull by the horn if you will and ensure that they thrive ensure that they relieve their stresses then obviously what environment you're going to have it's going to be more productive the staff are going to um, perform and you're going to achieve ROI so we have to go back to basic in taking care of our staff and of course like what we we have 15 minutes coffee break a 5 minutes um, city break here and there then you incorporate if you need a five minutes out to boost your energy or to boost your mental well-being by all means go ahead and do it i'm going to bounce back on one of the comments from uh, from victoria um maybe we can put on the screen um, but she mentioned about uh, or we can um share our own challenges uh, as a leader as a, as a manager that can inspire and motivate people to do it as well on the team um i think it's very very important um to to be able to recognize and to show some uh, not it's not a weakness again um I, i wouldn't show it as a weakness it's more like a, uh, i don't know to say it exactly but to show that you're also human and you all, we all are human and we have this kind of um, we all have this kind of pressure from time to time and i think that's very important me, me myself uh, i have um, an agenda like like this uh, and sometimes i have so many things to do that i'm not able to do anything you know you just froze and you're like too much stuff to do a lot so i'm going to to watch netflix uh, i recognize it that's true uh and just to be aware of this kind of thing and to share with the team saying like okay i've did this i went for a run because it, it cleared my mind and you went back and then i was able to clear my my to do list um but those kind of small thing 
which can be seen as a, as funny or like a small thing, I think it can give the courage to your team to share a bit more about those those pressures, those workloads, those those kind of mental health. So don't be afraid to share with your with your team those kind of thing. I guess. I think the the, the jargon is vulnerability or authentic leadership, yes. <laughs> authentic leadership. Yes. Um, but you know, sometimes as leaders, people aren't comfortable with that. So there could be some leaders listening today and it's maybe making, you know, there might be people, I get what you're saying, but I have a position that may, you know, if I said, oh, I was stressed out. So I think you also need to check in with yourself and find a way of maybe expressing that. And maybe you start with a, a peer or someone you trust or a friend before you verbalize it out to the team. But what's interesting in the remote world that the, that the hospitality might, sector might want to learn from is they use a traffic light signal um code in a lot of the remote teams i use it with mine we have you know green orange and red for bad days or a scale out of one to five and it's you know it's okay to be one out of five if you're having a bad day you don't always have to be four or five out of five mm -hmm. uh, again though culture wise as d said you have to be setting that up that again you know maybe you've role played it out at a town hall you've discussed it there's been been introduced into the culture that it's okay not to be okay it's okay to be having a crap day and i mean if i knew the magic formula for that i wouldn't be here <laughs> you know i'd be off on a desert island but it is really the it's really the key that in supporting that open discussion and you can use scales you can use other ideas there but uh, i just wonder if it's something that the leaders have to be really comfortable with themselves before they go out to their teams. I'm going to um, jump on that as well, Rowena. So what I've, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Wheel of Life. So what I've created in one of the companies that I support, it's the Wheel of Emotional Well-Being. So it has the physical, emotional, mental, social, anxiety, stress. So on a scale of one to 10. So just like the Wheel of Life, and then they'll grade themselves. And those sheets are available to them um, daily. So if today I'm saying I need 30 minutes out, then the first point of contact, they could fill that in and just show it to their, the, their, their superior and said, you know what, this is how I'm feeling now. And they say it's an internal language, if you will. So they understand, cover the reception or cover wherever needs covering. And they said, that's OK, you can go. So it's mm -hmm. just implementing what works for your organization. And again, it goes back to the culture of the organization and where, you know, you have to support your employees. Okay, that's from uh, like employee from leadership perspective, but how would you or what would you recommend to do? And I think I will use one of the questions from Rajesh. Uh, and he's saying, uh, where and how to find happiness at work, especially with extra work due to less staff and salary cuts or salaries based on revenue? So what, <laughs> what would you do in that case? So you are already... Um, stressed leader who's trying to juggle all of this you try to um get your i don't know wage forecast right and revenue right and your uh, i don't know guest feedbacks and stuff and then you're short staffed already uh and then somebody comes to you and like oh i need 30 minutes out and it's the middle of check-in or check-out and you don't really know what to do yourself so what what would you say what, what would you recommend I will okay Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> now, this is Rowena already touched on this, and I was about to jump in earlier. Like, first, mental health comes back to like, okay, let's talk about it from this is in its own my own responsibility. 
it's not my employers, it's not my leaders, it's like it's me as a human being, it's my responsibility. And for the first part to be in that responsibility is start actually investing, spending time in understanding myself, right? I can't go to work and just expect my manager to in, uh, create a inclusive and nurturing company culture so that I feel that I've been taken care of. You're walking in with expectations and that manager is also a human being who's sitting there, right? And he's also having all this stuff going on. So when it comes to this, I would say in these moments when the more stressed, the more overwhelmed, the more challenges we see, the more important it is that we create moments for ourselves to, to go for a walk, meditate, do that little thing that you mm -hmm. actually enjoy. So you start in creating and bringing in the joy in your life and you start maybe practicing appreciation, gratitude, things that helps you to actually um, manage yourself, your own emotions and so forth. And with that then, yes, acceptance. Right now, times are tough, perhaps, if you have lower staff, salary cuts and all that stuff. But it's all about, which comes to my second point, mental health. Where do we want to go? As a company, as a leader, as me, myself and I, yeah, we can talk about mental health, but what's my vision? Where is it I want to go? Without that, I can sit there and ask myself all these questions. Oh, how am I feeling today? Ah, a little bit overwhelmed. Okay, cool. So what, what should I do about it? I meditate. Cool. For what? Without that vision, without that purpose that can drive us also to see that this is a tough time, so I will apply these different techniques, but I have a vision in mind. I will feel joyful and happy tomorrow. The one question that I ask so many when I start working them is, what do you want to experience more of? What do you want to feel more of? And so many times I met by silence. Mm -hmm. Great point. I'll just add to that. So from a per personal development point of view, happiness, purpose, fulfillment, it's an inside job, right? So no matter all the the, the facilities and all the, the perks of a, of a company and they give it out to you um, on a silver platter, if you don't have that fulfillment, it's going to defeat the whole purpose. So to answer Rajit's um, question, happiness comes from within. Working in the industry, you're going to have five different personalities because you have to, I mean, um, align yourself with what the guest comes with. They might be sad and you have to change around, um, you know, how you approach the guest and you have to utilize another emotion here or there. But it's an inside job. And also what's important um, when um, you have a busy day, it's teamwork. Teamwork is essential. Um, so you have to get along with your with your with your colleagues. It's so very important. So that as well, you know, if the, the struggles of the day, the challenges of the day, who are you going to rely on? You're next, the colleague that's next to you. Do you know what, John, Mary, whatever, I'm not feeling my best. Do you mind if I have a five minute out? Team spirit, if you don't get along with them and you're going to take five minutes out, five minutes there, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to obviously deflate the, depletes the, the morale of, um, of, of, the, of the team. So it's important that there is team spirit throughout, um, throughout your department. I agree. And it all starts within, as you mentioned. And, and for me, in my humble opinion, I believe it starts with having this awareness of recognizing those kind of, of behavior for yourself. Um, I've read a book like a few months ago um, uh, from Anthony de Mello, uh, Awareness. I don't know if you are aware of this book. Um, I, I highly recommend this book. 
um, um, because it, it, it brings the attention to yourself. You recognize, if you recognize that you are feeling a bit stressed and so on, the first step of already recognizing it, you're already are way ahead of anyone else. Because a lot of people actually get stressed, but they don't even realize that they're stressed and they keep moving the kind of things like, oh, what's going on? There's something wrong, but I don't know exactly. If you start to recognize how you feel about it, just step back or say, mm, I'm not feeling quite 1%. That's the first step in recognizing and walking towards this kind of direction. I think it starts like this. Thibault, you gave a really good example when you were honest about sharing that to-do list was really long and you were overwhelmed, but you went for the run. And I went for Netflix. I went for yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Well, you went for Netflix. Doesn't matter what you you got out. But the point is that if you you know at the start you might need to realize that you're stressed and that sometimes you need accountability for that. That's why there's brilliant coaches and therapists and friends that you can turn to. On remote teams, they often do a scenario uh, in role playing where uh, they discuss these kind of safe language. If, say, a manager wants to say to a staff member, are you stressed? How can I support you? And they role play that out. How would I notice? What would I see, you know, in your behavior and online? And again, this is all virtual. This is without seeing people face to face. So it's very subtle signs. But what happens next is the question, how can I help you with that? How would I know and how can I support you? So again, going through that and realizing, as you said, it almost comes automatic, but we need that self-awareness. And I wonder, because I see the glass half full, I wonder because of the shakeup of the pandemic and because of some of the comments coming in, are people reassessing overall values? Are they reassessing what makes them happy? Are they asking questions like four day work week? We see it mm -hmm. there. Um, Andrew had a brilliant comment there about, I've had brilliant, uh, very good conversations with my team. It's been really good for dealing with issues, but I want to learn more without Pete becoming a therapist. And I applaud you on that, Andrew, because that's where your line should be, um, definitely. But I, I really think the pandemic has, has, has shaken that up. And I think it's an opportunity, as both Dee and Eric have said, to revisit what makes you happy. What, what, what do you work for, guys? Like, you know, you might enjoy the odd wonderful client, but I work to go, I work to spend time with my family. I work to go for walks in the park. Mm -hmm. I work to travel. Um, I work because I enjoy it too, but I don't work to live, you know? So that, anyways, yeah. So it starts from the inside. And I think, I, I do think there is a building awareness, isn't there, about what makes us happy as individuals. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I really like the tip from Eric um, about meditation. So for me, meditation, I go for a run. So I just made it as a habit um, helps. Uh, but Eric, do you have any other <laughs> any other tips um, in uh, in terms One. of like, what, what else you can do? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I could write the book about this. But okay. <laughs> no, I saw I saw something here. Okay, so first thing and I saw was both from uh, that was from Andrew. That was, Andrew was the one. So I asked in a in a session once. And I would like to ask the audience here too, and just be honest in the comments. All right. When was the last time you took? a course that lasted for more than say two to three days that had to do with you like anything that has to do with emotions with with, with relationships with personal growth topics um, mind and brain anything right when was the last time you actually took a course you didn't just listen to a podcast episode while you were doing the 
food or you weren't just watching YouTube in between breaks, right? And I asked that before because the answer that came back, I asked over the last year, and the most common answer was one. And with that answer, it says, okay, but if you have taken a course in understanding yourself or the essence of being, and you have taken one course of the last year, then it shouldn't be a surprise that you might not know or be aware of yourself, the signals that tells you what, when you're going on the right or wrong direction, right? So, Anna, the first thing I would say to people is to start investing more time in actually understanding and learning and, as Andrew said, exploring the topics of being without having to see this, I'm reading a self-help book because I have issues. No, I'm reading a self-help book like mm -hmm. uh, Will, the book who's out right now, right? Out of pure curios curiosity and amusement to enjoy discovering what I can do more of. That's one tip. And just to give you another second tip that I saw here, this thing of let's, let's accept that happiness, and if the happiness is put to, as you said here, Rajesh said it, and he said, due to less staff, salary cuts, or salary based on revenue, well, perhaps we shouldn't put the happiness, the well-being on those type of uh, means that result of the salary. Let's remove the happiness there from there and put it on something else that actually you are in charge of, right? Like I'm in a healthy human being right now, I'm in a healthy relationship with someone I love, I have a house over my roof and it's freaking cold outside right now. But you know what? Here I have my team, I got a full-time job and I'm gonna use that to my best advantage right now to figure out where I wanna go because I understand that in my job, things are looking a little shady. <laughs> That's super valuable, Eric. And I think you touch on it, the, the stoicism, I believe, only focusing on what we can control. All the rest, we shouldn't even spend two minutes worrying about it because we cannot do anything about it. Uh, so I think that's very powerful. Thank you, Eric. Anyone else who wants to jump in? I, I was just going to add because I, I actually run a team of mentors. I have a team of mentors that work mainly with remote work workers uh, doing mentoring and coaching but we take a slightly different view we look very much at the in the moment triggers and those micro moments i think they've been called where you know if you are feeling that stress what can you do in the moment it's a behavioral mm -hmm. uh, method but again with that accountability of working with someone but what's interesting for me is we forget the senses and like i love essential oils i love the visuals that remind me of my daughter they cheer me up um I love stretching, you know, my stretch band over here in my space. So sometimes those little things we do for one minute all add up in the day uh, as well as the meditation for half an hour. So the only thing I would add is to look at those smaller things that you can do throughout the day, the walk to work, taking your coffee break or, or your cup of tea away, you know, go out, go to the staff room, you know, or go outside, get some air. These are the simple things, and certainly in my sector, those little things add up every day, and they can really, really help to build that overall well-being. Uh, two minutes, three minutes, it all adds up if you're doing it a few times a day. So that would be my addition to what Eric has said in terms of advice. 
I would love to know if there's any specific super questions coming in from the audience. I see that they are starting to be buzzing around a bit, but I would, I would love to know if there's any specific like, hey, what's your challenge, people? <laughs> <laughs> well, the comment from Adele is amazing. I love it. Um, she's saying that it's nothing better than a spa vacation. Most of them are pricey, uh, priced only for the rich, but thanks heavens for hospitality industry, courtesy discount, yes one of the biggest packs you can use in hospitality. You can go to these vacations and just uh, reach to your um, ex-colleague, friend or somebody, just say, hey-ho, can you get me a discount or can you get me a special rate? <laughs> I'm a bit too stressed now. Yeah. Um, love it. Um, so um, if we go back to, um, let's say, initiatives, so for um, employers, what would you recommend as an absolute minimum uh, that every employer or every manager have to do when they get a new member of the team in, in terms of making sure that we look after their mental health? Let's start with D. Anything? Mm -hmm. I, I was just going to um, add um, that uh, a very intentional onboarding is necessary. So just like you bring your passport in, you check that you have the legal right to work. So you have the legal right to support an employee mental well-being. That can look from, um, you could implement a, uh, a calming um, corner. We have implemented a mindfulness corner. We have, it's just even the language that we use. So we, we, we eradicate negative talks and negative words. So when there's a problem, no, we use a challenge instead. So problem, we see red flag, we see red, we see we can't solve this. Um, you know, also use mental health because we want them to have this, you know, have this kind of a, a field day with the word that it's okay. We are open to talk about mental health. Um, also, um, going back to the employee as well, and um, the leaders can support this, is that um, the self-talk that we're having about ourselves, right? And also do not, um, you know, have an environment, these are for the leaders, where you criticize others in front of other employees. We want to create a thriving environment. Once the environment is thriving, what do you think is going to happen? Your employees want to come to work every day. They will report to work an hour late um, before their actual shift starts. <laughs> so we want that thriving environment. So I think it's, you know, from the onboarding um, perspective, and then that triggers into, okay, then, and, um, or for a better choice of word, um, instead of trigger, no, because we don't want the trigger here. So from the onboarding, then that also could um, align with, you know, their appraisal and for crying out loud, employees, leaders. When somebody's not performing very well, you know, because a lot of people take this personal, when they get a black mark against their name or they're not doing very well, they take that very seriously. So we have to go a roundabout way in saying to an employee, instead of saying you're not doing well, oh, um, the language again, there's room for improvement. You, you know, mm -hmm. you did well with this, you did well with that, and you tick the boxes, but we will work with you for the next two months so that we can enhance this particular area that you're not doing or doing well in so please just the language is so important and again we have different emotions we take things differently the threshold of back pain i might 
scream because I have a back pain while somebody else will not. So the point is we view words differently. We, we um, deem language differently, but overall having a good, you know, uh, an environment, a nice language, if you will, then obviously that will support your employees. I think we have great question coming up in the, in the, in the comment section. Yeah. Um, there is one from, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm, I'm apologize. Eva. Uh, Eva, she shared tips on, uh, on how to deal with, with it. Like she has a small post-it on, on a desk with the E plus R equal O, which is a, your, an event plus your response uh, equal to the outcome. Um, you cannot change the event, but you can change your response that will change the outcome. And I think that's very, very powerful uh, as, a, as, a, as a reminder. Uh, and I will add as well on, on it um, something back on, on, on the tips. Mm -hmm. For me, I cut down on the, on the news. Uh, because I believe you focus on what you on what you 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 feel as you focus on. So meaning, like if you only focus on bad news, you will feel bad. <laughs> but if you only look at the gratitude, at the good news, and everything, you will start to feel to feel good. Uh, so we say, like I, I, I will I will recommend you to have this kind of gratitude journal, or like looking or reminding yourself of what you are grateful for, from time to time, and not only look at the bad news because you have a lot of bad news on 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 the media and so on. And then another one uh, from Julie. Um, maybe Eric, you want to touch on, on this one? Uh, we, we already touched on this one, but uh, yeah, maybe it was quite powerful. Yeah. Okay, first to the question that what is the minimum? And as Dee uh, was talking about onboardings, I would just love to say to, to anybody who's sitting there as a, on a managerial responsibility role in a company, prioritize to create time to show, like really have an onboarding. Because onboarding, I've seen it. Have you have an onboarding? Mm -hmm. Hey guys, welcome to the team. These are the HR procedures for this team, and this is this and this and this and this. This is what you're gonna do. Thank you so much. You're gonna do great. And I'm like, no. Let's try to switch it on and actually stop talking so much and uh, listen to the people. Invite them in. What ideas did they have? Why did you want to come here? Where are they from? Let people feel part of a family. Uh, a community right from the beginning and wow you will see the difference in how people show up at that work so that was just an answer on that julie's question is boom <laughs> um yeah if people don't want to do you want to put it up there as well if people perceive that mental health is a uh, doesn't belong in the workplace the best tip here is and also because i most probably this happens because the word mental health comes with a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. So my biggest tip here out of experience is let's change the word. Apparently that word has some type of trigger within the person or people within the company. So let's talk about say stress or being working many hours. Are you sleeping well? What's the productivity levels in the uh, within the employees? Teamwork, what's the spirit in the team? Let's talk about it just with another wording. Like I said in the beginning, let's define what that is. Because then people say, so, hey, what's the productivity level? How are we feeling today? Ah, oh, not so good. All right, let's, let's talk about it. That's different when you come into say, okay, what's the mental health in this company? What's going on? What is our mental health like? And if you have people who have that negative connotation, relationship to that word, you, you probably heard about the power of words. And D, you mentioned it already before, that thing with the story and so forth. I would say as a recommendation, as a practical tip, try to change the story, the word that they are connecting it to, 
by defining what that really means, what is it that's going on, and you will probably be able to get people on board quite quick. Does that help, Julie? I'd like to I'd, I'd like to add to that. Uh, being a bit of a devil's advocate, I'm going to challenge you, Eric. So I agree. I agree with. I agree with you. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you on language. Really, really important. But I also want to pick up on the, uh, the lot of the conversation about breaking the stigma and changing and being brave in the new world. So I think yes, change the language. But if you're going to Julie, look at that language, also have the supports, the training there afterwards, that would be my strongest recommendation. It seems like you're asking a question from a, but sounds like it's from, I could be wrong, largish company perspective. So yes, change the language, just make sure that if someone is suffering suicidal thoughts, guys, right, that you have a mental health first aider that can handle that, that there, there is awareness that there, it stresses the light end, in where we're coming from in the pandemic, it's all the other stuff as well. It's all the other stuff. Let's being totally real. You said it was a real conversation. Mental health is a continuum. There's stress, there's anxiety, and then it goes along to all those other things that can develop as mental illness, right? And that's the difference yeah. between the two. But in my experience over in the last two years, I really, really recommend that we don't shy away from from also dealing with the real supports that are needed if a staff member is suffering on the rest of the continuum, if it's getting more serious. Thank you very much. I think we are running out of time now. <laughs> if someone from the audience got questions, just drop your questions below in a comment box and we will come back to you. So just address your questions to um, people in the panel and we will make sure that we come back to you, but we're running out of time now. Thank you very much, everyone. Um, it's great to have you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.